Hi, this is Michael Buffer, and welcome to the Box Hard Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mikey Garcia. Yo, it's your boy, the odd guy himself, Malik King Scott. Hi, I'm Charlie Edwards. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 137 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. I'm joined this week by Mr. Ayaz Sumra. Ayaz, how you doing? I'm good, Joey. Yourself? Very good, my friend. Very good. Hopefully, this will be a pretty quick show. There won't be too much rambling. There won't be too much talking. It will just be a little bit of discussing, the reviewing, of course, the previewing, a little bit of the news, not much going on, and then the interview. So let's start with uh, the reviewing, of course. We're going to start over in a place called The Star in Sydney, Australia. One fight to mention, or two fights, actually, on this one. The undercard, Tim Tazu, that's the son of Kos Tazu. He moved to 9-0. and oh, He succeeded successfully defended his WBC Asian Boxing Council Continental Super Welterweight title. Whew. And uh, the man in the other corner, a guy called Larry Siwu, who was 27-10. and 10. It was a TKO in round four for Tim Tazu, so a great win for him. Moving up the bill in what was the main event, Jack Brubaker. His record, 13-2 and two with one draw. It's now 14-2 and two with one draw. He beat, over 12 rounds unanimously, our very own Tyrone Nurse. Tyrone now 35-4 and four losses with two draws. Apparently that one was a little bit controversial, little bit of a hometown kind of decision but I have to say I didn't watch it Um, if anybody has then let us know at Box Hard Podcast on Twitter Uh, that one was actually last Thursday also later on in the same night you know on Thursday over in Haiti we had Wilkie Campfort he moved to 25 and 3 he successfully defended his WBA Federalatine Super Welterweight title a unanimous decision over 11 rounds against Rodrigo Mejia a bit of a strange one there to go 11 rounds it's a thing that they like to do in Haiti I've said that before moving over now to Tokyo Japan um Let's start with the main event, really. Ken Shiro moved to 13-0. and 0. It was a very brilliant knockout in the second round. A KO against Ganigan Lopez, 34-8 and 8 now. So Ken Shiro successfully defended his WBC World Light Flyweight title. And on the undercard of that, Naoya Inoue, the home fighter, he moved to 16-0. and 0. He also moved up in weight for this one. He took on our very own Jamie McDonald, 29-3 and 3 now, with one draw. Jamie McDonald had been undefeated for over 10 years going into this one and unfortunately for all of us UK fans he lost his WBA world bantamweight title um the fight itself I mean I was very sad to see it end the way it did obviously Jamie McDonald's not a bad fighter at all he's actually a very 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 good fighter we'll be speaking to Gavin McDonald a little bit later on in the show actually we will talk about that but it just was was a real shame to end the way it did I mean he didn't I suppose look very good because of the way it ended And it was no real reflection of the great fighter he is. So unfortunately, there's a lot of guys out there that have never seen him fight before that now think he's not that good. And that's just completely wrong, to be honest. It's it's quite sad to read things like that online. Um, I mean, 
it, it was over, really, before you knew it, Ayers, wasn't it? Two knockdowns in that first round, the TKO for Naoya Inoue, who we all thought was a fantastic fighter. Uh, we all said, you know, he's, he's, he's known as the monster. Um, it was, like I say, his time to move up in weight, and I incorrectly predicted a Inoue points win. You and the listeners both went with the knockout. I probably thought that may happen, but I didn't really want to commit to it. But yeah, Jamie McDonald never been stopped before and he gets stopped here in the first round against a guy moving up in weight. No matter how you weigh things up, it's a real impressive win from Inoue. What did you make of that fight? Well done to Inoue. Obviously, he's a brilliant fight. We've seen him in the fight. We saw him. He come out with powers. Obviously, he hurt Jamie from the start. But you got to give credit to Jamie. I mean, he's been a, he's been a champion for over 10 years and he's been a bantamweight and he's won, like, he's, um, he, he won the IBF, got stripped from the IBF, won the WBA, won that. And had it, he's won. He's been a champion for over ten years for Britain, so he's done very good proud. I was, was watching, reading his Twitter, and a lot of people that say, saying that he's going to move up to super bantamweight, which I think personally would be a very, very good idea. But um, well done to Inouye. He's in the World Boxing Super Series, which I can't wait to see. The fight I'm looking forward to seeing now, Inouye versus Tete in the future. Yeah, for sure, that will be a fantastic matchup. I think that that um, bantamweight division, World Boxing Super Series. I think that the first round is going to be, you know, like the quarterfinals. I think that's going to be quite lackluster because I think the, you know, the four names. I think who have they got? They got Ryan Bennett. They've got Tete. So that's the. Um, Tete's got the WBO. Um, Emmanuel Rodriguez is in it. He's got the IBF. Uh, this guy here's got the WBA. Um, who am I missing out? Ryan Burnett's got the... What, what belt has he got? He, he vacated one, didn't he? He vacated the IBF, so he's still got the WBA Super. And I can't think who the WBC champion is right now, actually. It's vacant at the moment. Oh, it's vacant. Right, so there we are. So, um, you know, they've got all the champions, so to speak, the top four. And those guys will all be seeded. One, two, three, and four. They'll be like the first four seeds. So they will have to take on you know, the guys that are just underneath that level. So I don't think the really mouth-watering fights will happen until the semi-finals, unfortunately. But it's still a fantastic thing that they've got all these champions in the tournament. Um, that's it really, though, from Japan. Like I say, heartbreak for Jamie McDonald. We all wanted to see him pull it off. And um, he was so confident in himself, like I say. I said it last week, he was so confident. And he was visibly really upset after the fight as well. So it's... You know, it's a bit harsh to say he went over there for the money. I hope he did get paid well, but he certainly um, showed us all that it wasn't just about the money for him. There was a lot of pride there, and he was absolutely gutted when things didn't go his way. So a real statement made there from Inoue. For any doubters, he certainly seems to be the real deal. Moving over now, though, to Poland, we're going to talk about a card that happened over here. We were supposed to have Eric Molina on the bill, but he, of course, um, you know, with, with the fouled drug test thing, you know, he's been banned and all the rest of it, so he got pulled off of the bill. But the fights that did go ahead is Wagby Ogano. That's the guy that, of course, had that brilliant, brilliant fight against Dominic Brazil. He moved to 18-1. and He made his opponent, Fred Cassie, retire on his store after two rounds. That's quite a statement there, because Fred Cassie is usually quite a tough and durable guy. Arta Spilka moved to 21 wins. He's got three losses. It was a unanimous decision over 10 rounds against Dominic Gwynn. Um, Dominic Gwynn now 35 and 12 with one draw. Um, that's it for Poland. Moving over now to Canada. David Lemieux, actually, he came in um, 
two pounds over the weight limit, so the two belts that were on the line was the WBC Francophone middleweight title and the WBC International middleweight title. He actually won the fight, David Lemieux, but the champion in the other corner, Karim Achur, 26-4 with three draws, loses the belts, but they are now vacant. Because Lemieux didn't make the weight, he wasn't eligible to win them. Um, David Lemieux now 39 wins and 4 losses. It actually was a 12th round unanimous decision. Carrie Mature, who had never been stopped previously, I thought he'd probably get stopped and I thought Lemieux would look quite good. But apparently Lemieux didn't look all that at all. He wasn't able to score a knockdown and of course he wasn't able to score a knockout. So... um, quite interesting stuff there from Canada that one was in Quebec City at the Centre Videotron what else, what else what else let's go over now to the Save Mart Arena this is one of the final bills to mention this was the one that happened in California it was shown on Sky Sports um, what do we have over here, let's talk about Cal Yafai 23-0, and defended successfully his WBA World Super Flyweight title, he's now 24-0, and the man in the other corner, David Carmona, 21-6 and now with 5 draws, a retirement after 7 rounds, David Carmona didn't want to come out for round 8, Carmona was down in round 1 he was down twice I believe in round 4, he was down in round 5 as well, Carmona was cut on the forehead, um because of an accidental headbutt in round five. Yafai was deducted a point for hitting Carmona while he was down. Carmona also missed the weight, so he wasn't eligible to win the title. Of course, that's no fault of Cal Yafai's. He moved to 24-0. and 0. Um, It was a good fight, to be honest. Uh, they came out, both men in the first round, all guns blazing. Yafai was able to drop Carmona with a left hand to the temple. It didn't look that powerful, but it shook Carmona's senses up. And when Carmona got back up, Yafai desperately looked to try and finish him early, but he ended up walking on to two big shots himself, and he was rocked, and it led him to needing to hold on. And Yafai... Um, for the first time, I've really kind of sat down and watched him properly. He's got an excellent jab. I mean, he probably doesn't get the full credit for how snappy and precise his jab is. I felt that in the in the second round, Cal Yafai wasn't so gung-ho. He was kind of, you know, getting his smart stuff together, really. He landed a nice variety of shots. Carmona didn't really do much in that second round. In round three, once again, Yafai was showcasing fantastic ring IQ. He was systematically breaking his man down. Cal's got a great jab, he's got great footwork, he's got great power, he's got speed, he's a smart fighter. I don't really spot a weakness in Cal Yafai just yet. I felt that in round four, Cal Yafai landed a low blow and the opponent took a knee, but the referee actually called it a knockdown and began counting. That was a little bit harsh. In round five, Carmona was down twice. Like I say, the first time was caused by a three-punch straight shot combination. The second was by a body shot, but Yafai hit Carmona on his shoulder while he was down totally accidentally and that was when the referee took a point off Yafai Um, it it made it quite a difficult round to score there because the referee kind of stopped it and took a point off of Yafai for hitting Carmona while he was down but also said that the knockdown would still stand it was it was quite bizarre Um, for the next couple of rounds after that Cal really just continued to win the rounds he wasn't too dominant but 
he was just cruising it really the pace slowed down a little bit and then Carmona's corner decided to pull their man out like I say in between rounds he retired on his store after seven rounds and didn't come out for round eight I think his corner just decided to save him for another day really it wasn't that he was really taking a massive beating but I felt Cal Yafaya did really well there and you know like I say systematically breaking him down and in the end I felt that Carmona did take quite a lot of punishment and it wasn't just like all headshots it was to the head and to the body and everywhere else to the nuts in some points <laughs> so a great win there for Cal Yafai and I felt that he's I really feel like he's improving all the time to be honest moving over now to the Bow Rivage Resort and Casino in Mississippi USA one fight to mention, actually, this is the last fight of the reviewing. Jay Leon Love, big friend of the show, he moved to 24-1 and with one draw. It was a unanimous decision over 10 rounds against Jamie Barboza. Jamie Barboza, 19-14, and 14, a former opponent of Spike O'Sullivan. Um, all the very best, of course, to Jay Leon Love. And that's really it for the reviewing. Just before we wrap up part one, of course, we've tried to go for it as quick as possible. The last thing to do is to welcome our very first guest. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the WBO European and WBO Intercontinental Light Heavyweight Champion, Mr. Anthony Yard. Anthony, welcome to the show. Lions in the camp. Lions in the camp. <laughs> How you been? Not too bad, my man. Not too bad. Not too bad. How about you? Yeah, good, man. You know, just taking over. I'm getting ready for the next fight, June 23rd. Yeah, we'll talk about that in just a second. Um... We, obviously, we haven't spoke for quite a while, to be honest. It was back in December. We haven't even spoke in 2018. It was just before your fight against uh, Nikola Svetloka. Of course, that fight ended up being a brilliant win. You became the first man to ever stop the guy. It was a fourth-round TKO. Um, I just really want to just get a word from you on that fight, Anthony. I know it was quite a while ago now, but would you identify that fight as your best performance in a boxing ring thus far? Um. Well, in terms... With the caliber of opponent, um, I have to say, yeah. Um, you know, he was he was a tough guy. He was very proud. He had never been knocked out before. Um, and, yeah, he came to win. So, I would say that was, yeah, my best performance so far. Um, in terms of how I dealt with, you know, the guy coming to fight back. I thought I had him hurt in the, I think it was the second round or third round. But, again, he hit down and carried on fighting, so... Um, it took, I had to actually go into a different a different locker to get the fourth round knockout. Yeah, and it was a fantastic, fantastic win. I was obviously there for that one. And after that fight, you took on um, Tony Avalant. That one was in February of this year. Another fight I was sat ringside for. Now, in that fight, I think some people felt that you'd underperformed because, obviously, this guy took you to round seven. Um, previously, you hadn't been past four. Obviously, we know that styles make fights, and obviously, Avalant, um, he'd only been stopped once in, in, in his career I think or at least in recent years that was against Bremer back in 2013 how did you assess your performance in that one it was quite difficult because he showed us he's very good when he gets on the bicycle yeah um, I don't know I've heard I've heard mixed um, opinions about that fight um, I've heard a lot of people say you know um, it was because in that fight genuinely I didn't rush I didn't I just took my time um, I wasn't looking for no um, knockout punches well I was looking for one shot too much, but I wasn't looking for a knockout punches. I wasn't just going in there throwing bombs. So a lot of people were saying to me, you know, it's good to get a couple of rounds under the belt. And um, I, stayed, I stayed composed even after the 
fifth, sixth round, I still looked composed. And I looked like my engine was, was still ticking. It didn't look like I was getting tired or frustrated or nothing like that. So um, that's the positives I took away from the performance. Yes, um, at one point in time, I did realise that I was looking for a certain shot too much. Um, I should have just carried on boxing and, you know, had more fun. But, um, you know, as I said before, when you only had 12 amateur fights, as good as I think I am and as hard as I train, I've still got a lot to learn in the boxing ring. You know, different scenarios, different opponents, different styles. And that's why um, I'm happy with the team I've got around me and they understand that. I'm a very ambitious person. I think I've just got that mentality that I can beat anyone. If they're put in front of me, I've got six weeks to train for them. I'm beating anyone. But, again, that's the reason you've got a, a team behind you and, you know, you've got experienced people that actually know the game. So, um, someone that's only had 12 amateur fights, I'm le- and, again, even in my amateur fights, they didn't go the distance. Um, and again, my professional facts haven't been going a distance, so I'm learning on the job. Some facts have been shorter than others, but I'm one of the people that's on progression. I'm always learning. You just said there about your amateur career. Just quickly, because you're putting me on the spot a little bit here, let me say this right. Yeah. 11 KOs and the one controversial yeah. loss. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's there you correct. Go. Yeah. See, it's up in the head, my friend. I don't have to go on Wikipedia for you. Um, this, this fight there, like I say, against Avalan, he was running a lot, I have to say that. Was he frustrating you at all in there? And also, did you prove something to yourself that you can go past, or you know, go up to seven rounds? I know that you do many more rounds than that in the gym, pretty much without a break. But did you yeah. prove to the fans at all that you can, you can, you know, still have the engine late on? Um, I wasn't really focused on that. I was more focused on what I was doing in the ring, um, how I was dealing with certain situations. You know, Avalon, he was... He just kept me on my toes. You know, some opponents, every so often they'll have an outburst. And he had outbursts. And, um, you know, I got comfortable with him not throwing back. And, um, again, I let my guard down for a bit. He caught me with a, a little right hand. I didn't really feel it. There was no power in it. But, again, that's something I, I need to look out for um, to stay switched on. And, um, again, that only comes with... Well, for some people, it never comes with experience. But for me, it's going to come with experience. I'm, always, I'm one of the people that I'm vigilant. And I pay attention to, to what I'm doing in the ring. So um, I feel like, you know, each fight, I feel like I'm going, I'm getting better. If I fought a Tony Avalanche in my second fight, would I have performed as well? You know, I never know. So I feel like I'm, I'm getting better each fight and I'm taking all the experiences better than I would have, you know, a few fights ago. Yeah, very well said, very well said. And of course, now you're ranked uh, number two with the WBO. I'm sure that you're you're over the moon with that. Um, some people, of course, as always, have got mixed opinions on on that as well. I want to ask you, Anthony, out of the contenders, out of the contenders, not the champions, out of you know all the guys that currently don't hold a belt, like yourself, um, you know, a world title belt. I'm talking about. Do you recognise yourself as the second best of all the? F- you know, all the world-level contenders, do you recognise yourself as number two? Um, for what I've done so far, um, I you know, I can't say because, you know, this is from Boxwick we're talking, me being number two. And also, um, with the WBO, I'm, number, I'm ranked as number two. I feel like the way they do their scoring system is um, the opponents you fight and how you deal with them opponents. So um, if I go by, you know, my ambition and what, and what I think I am, I would say yes, but in terms of have I proven it yet, I would say no. Um, there's people out there that have had um, um, bigger fights than me, but they're, they're, how they've won the fight hasn't been as impressive or they haven't knocked at the opponent, they've been hit more. So again, when I feel like these, these sanctions, they do things by a scoring system. 
Um, so I can only be appreciative of where I'm at right now um, with the limited experience I've had and how I've been dealing with my opponent. So again, someone like Sukoko, he fought multiple world champions and the only people he did lose to were world champions. He went 25-0 before he took a loss. Um, and this is something that I found out after the fact. Um, I knew he had never been knocked out before. That's all I knew. But after the fight, I, I, I found out that he, the only people that he lost to was world champions. And um, he went 25-0 before he took a loss. So, again, and, and within all the world champions, he thought he never got knocked out. So, for me to stop him in the fourth round, um, I thought that that boosted my, my ratings a lot. Um, the guy I won the, the WBO European belt off of, um, Barani, he had lost one fight, but not by knockout. And, again, he had some knockouts in his record. And he had dealt with the, people, the person he did lose to. It was a close fight. It was a controversial loss. Um, and I looked him at first round. So again, I thought like, this is what boosts your rankings high sometimes. Sometimes people think, oh, he's only had this many fights or, or whatever. Lomachenko had, has, a, I think, 12 professional fights. Although he had 400, almost 400 amateur fights, which is where he gets his experience from, as a professional, I think he was ranked like number two after his like, full fight. And that's because who he was fighting, how he was dealing, dealing with them. So um, I ain't going to take any credit away from myself. I'll say that wherever I'm at, I said this in my interviews two years ago. Wherever I am, someone said to me at the end of 2016, where do you expect to be at the end of 2017? I said, I'll be wherever I'm meant to be. Wherever I'm meant to be, that's where I'll be. And at, um, at the end of 2017, whatever ranking I had, that's where I deserve to be. That's where I, that's where I am. And mid-2018, wherever I am now, I'm ranked number two. So this is where I deserve to be and this is where I'm at. I remember after the fight when you, you know, when you stopped Shvet Locker. I remember um, Tunde after the fight, just walking back to the dressing room. I love seeing his face when he's so happy after a win, and I remember him. <laughs> I remember him shouting, yeah. "Now they can't say nothing." <laughs> it was wicked. It was wicked. Now, of course, you'll be boxing yeah. once. You, you'll be boxing once again on Billy Joe's. Uh, undercard. Um, obviously, that was supposed to happen in April. It's been rescheduled um, for June twenty third yeah. at the O2 Arena once again. No opponent at the moment for you. Is that is that likely to change in you know in the coming weeks or, or soon? And have you got um, anyone but, in the picture at the moment? Um, I think there's an opponent. There's an opponent there. Um, we're just waiting for the contract to come back so we can actually um, announce it. Um, I feel that Tunde was saying to me today that again he almost got led into the to the temptations, <laughs> if you want to call it that. And, um, you know, he was, he started listening. And again, he reminded himself that this ain't no kamikaze. It's a, it's a career. He wants to have at least a 10-year boxing career. I'm three years in right now. And he, he realised that I haven't fought a southpaw yet. So he's saying that he's going to he's gonna be looking for a southpaw out there. Um, credit, creditable enough for myself. And um, hopefully we can get a southpaw in there to mix it with. Yeah, that will be that will be brilliant. Of course, uh, you know, l- learning against a guy who's a southpaw at this stage of your career could be brilliant stuff. Actually, um, we haven't spoken since O'Hara Davies joined um, your promotional stable. He's now with Frank Warren. Is that something that you're pleased with? I know that you guys go uh, quite quite a way back. Oh yeah, man, definitely, man. I'm always I'm one of the people. Anyone that's succeeding or anyone that's doing well or better in life than it was been before, I'm happy. Regardless, even if I don't know them. You know, I just like to see people do good. And with Davis as well, he hasn't had a, a easy upbringing. Um, at times, he's talked his way into things. At times, he's he's worked his way into things. So, whatever's ha- happening that's good for Davis, I'm always happy. You know, even when I get a chance to sit down and talk with him, 
and we have our little um, our memory talks and our motivation talks and we look into the future and we look back in the past and we compare things and all things like that. I always just say to him, well, stay focused. No matter what you're doing, all the things that you're doing that's working, keep doing it. I don't care what it is, keep doing it. And um, anything that's not working, throw it to the side and just stay focused. That's the main thing. Um, and get the wins. Because at the end of the day, that's what matters, um, is getting the wins and also um, being true to yourself. So if you're having, I just believe in having fun, um, working hard and enjoying your life. You know, there's so many people out there that are critics. There's negative people out there. And again, you can't feed them people. You need to look at all the positives that are being said about you, all the positives that you're noticing that you're doing in your life. And again, just keep trying to be an inspiration to the to, um, people around you and keep trying to motivate people. Every single time we do an interview, you always drop some life lessons in there, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Because today, literally, like, when I was training today, and, uh, I was talking to a young boy, literally, whilst I was training. And he was like, oh, you're sick, man. He goes, oh, um... Like, how did you get so good? And um, like, how many? He just kept asking a lot of questions, and I said, the, the questions he was asking that I did, that I wasn't that I was telling him to stop asking was, um, how do I be that cute? Um, how do I get power that cute? Everything was to do with me, and I said, what you need to do here is focus on yourself. How are you gonna get better? Not as good as somebody else, but how are you gonna get better within yourself? I said, once you learn how to get better doing one thing, you're gonna continue learning how to get better doing other things. Because once you look inside yourself and say to yourself, how can I get better at doing this? You're going to start to find other avenues of how to get better at doing other things. Even if it's just boxing, it could be like, how do I get better at doing a left hook? How can I get better power? So you might notice something, something within yourself that even if it's 2% better within the space of five months, that's 2% better. So if you keep working on that, then sooner or later it's going to be 10% better. So I say always focus on yourself and push yourself to your own abilities and see what you come up with. Because with me personally, Sorry to be blabbing on, but this is kind of stuff I'm passionate about. If I was, in the beginning of my boxing career, if I keep on saying to myself, I want to get as strong as, let's say, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of somebody that's my weight class. If I said I wanted to get as strong as uh, um, Hall, Richard Hall, the one that fought Will Jones Jr., then okay. I would only, in my mind, I would, only, I would only ever get as strong as Hall. I would never surpass him. So, if I'm if I've been blessed a certain way and I've got unseen power, I could limit myself by me focusing on another man. If I say to myself, I want the best Anthony Yard, then you might surprise yourself and surpass every other person before you. So that's the kind of mentality I got. Always focus on myself. I'm always trying to push myself to my own limits and um try and better myself. Yeah, for sure. Brilliant words there, man. Brilliant words. I hope that the people take that in. And coming down to the last couple questions. Um, of course, uh, Frank Buglioni, a man that you were heavily linked with for quite a while, he shockingly got demolished really by Callum Johnson in the first round. Straight after it happened, you put out a very classy tweet saying that you'd never celebrate somebody's loss in a boxing ring. A good show of sportsmanship there from you. Is that a fight that you're respectfully no longer interested in? And if so, is Callum Johnson a man that's on your shortlist at the moment? Um, I'll, I'll touch on each thing you said. As I said to you before, again, I'm a genuine person. And although boxing's an entertaining school, I believe there's time for entertainment. So if you notice, for me, at the beginning of my career to now, I've never called out anybody's name. Because I don't feel, like, I don't feel the need to. True. I'm confident in myself and what I'm doing. Um, so, and I know how boxing is. You can call someone's name out until the cows come home. It might not ever happen. So I'm the kind of person, when I get to the world level, and then big facts start making sense, 
then yeah, you might start calling certain names or you might start doing certain things. But at this stage in my career, I'm in learning stages. Other people that are desperate or not confident in themselves are going to be calling you out. So I see it, I see it as this. The more people that call me out, the better I'm doing. Because no one's calling out a bum. No one's calling out a guy that ain't doing nothing with his life. So I'll pay attention to these things. And from the beginning of my career, I've always been focused on myself. From the beginning. So when people said people were tweeting me saying, ha ha, Bugatti only got smashed. I was thinking to myself, I'm like, that's not funny because it's boxing. It's not funny that a man got beat. You know, he has to feed his family. He's doing this for a reason. So I'm not celebrating somebody's loss. I'm only celebrating victory. So Callum Johnson, I said, you know, congratulations to him. He's now better his life. I think he had time to be with his dad. So he was he was in tears after the fight. To me, I like that kind of stuff. That's that's a success story. Again, with myself. I never mentioned anyone that I beat saying, ha-ha, look, I beat you. I'm saying, look, I'm proud of myself. I've achieved even more. I'm only happy with people's successes, not people's defeats, because a defeat ain't nice in life, especially if you don't go with it well. So when Bugaloni did lose, I did put out a tweet. People were tweeting me saying, oh, he got smashed, um, blah, 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 blah. I said, I'm not celebrating anyone's defeats. Only the people, only success stories. I'm not in this negativity. I don't deal with negativity. Um... And yeah, with myself, the Bugaloni fight right now, again, he's lost. Since he's been beat, this is what I mean about boxing. <laughs> he's been beat, his name is off the radar. No one was talking about Callum Johnson before he beat him. So this is what I'm talking about. Boxing's like a, um, it's like roulette. Boxing is very much like roulette. So again, that's why, this, again, people might start to understand that. This is why I'm focused on myself. In the beginning, or not in the beginning, but a couple of fights ago, people were talking about me fighting Nathan Cleverly, who was a world champion. He got beat by uh, Badger Jack, and then he was, and then he retired. So again, if I was there focusing focusing myself on him, then I'll be stuck because he retired. What am I going to do? This is why I only focus on myself. And when the opportunity presents themselves, and and the time comes, this is why the slogan stays: everything is timing. You will see the big fights. You will see the, you know, all these major fights, the big Wembley Stadium fights, the hopefully Las Vegas fights. You know, truck going around the world. These things will happen, but everything's done. And just to reiterate what you said there, yeah, Callum Johnson, just to clear that one up, he, um, before his father passed away, his father said to him that you are good enough to win a British title, and he never really believed him, and he kind of won it for him, so yeah. it was a nice story. Um, the final question for you, Anthony, it's now been um, officially announced that we're all happy about it, I'm sure. George Groves has now been medically cleared to fight Callum Smith in the final of the Super Middleweight World Boxing Super Series. Who wins that fight and how, in your opinion? Oh, again, you just told me that. So, again, that's for me. That's that's another success. He beat um, Eubank Jr. So, of course, he deserves to be in the final. Um, I thought, yeah, I heard he, he hurt him. He hurt his shoulder or something like that. So, he could. they were saying that there's rumours that he might not be able to continue which would have been sad for him. You know, Groves has had an up-and-down career. So, um, it's good that he's gone into the final and he's got another big opportunity ahead of him. Who wins that fight is a better man than that. And that's literally, it's just like when Selby fought Warrington. Warrington was 100% the better man than that. Um, on another day, the outcome might be different. But on that night, it was Warrington's night. So, I feel like that's the same kind of thing with the with the smith Groves fight. Um Smith is very tall and rangy. Depending on the fight that he fights, he could come come out victorious. If Jules Groves gets his tactics right, tactics right on the night, he could come out victorious. So I feel like he's one of the fights that um, you will only know how it's going to plan out when you actually tune in and watch. Yeah, very much a 50-50. 
And just before I let you go, Anthony, anything that you want to say at all? Oh, just as always, <laughs> lions in the camp. Anyone that's um, you know supporting, not behind me, not a fan, but anyone that's supporting, you know, it's always love. Um, just like yourself, you know, you've been there from the beginning, um, giving me interviews when you first started up your um your channel. You've been giving me interviews and things like that. Um, so again, I'm always appreciative. And um, yeah, man, the only way is up. Stay motivated. Keep working hard. Keep progressing. <laughs> <laughs> Well said, my man. And just before I say a nice message to let you go, uh, we we can't go through the interview without saying we don't get weak. We get deep. I'm wearing a t-shirt right now. Oh, really? <laughs> I got my I'm one in the other room. Right I got my one in the other room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Right, listen, Anthony, it's always a pleasure, my brother. Thank you for your time. Best of luck for June 23rd. I'll be sat there ringside cheering you on. We'll catch up after. You know what it is. Showtime. <laughs> Okay, now it's time for part two on this week's show. This part, of course, the news part. I, as I know, not much has really gone on, but what do you have for us? Because the one thing you do have is major. Right, there's only one news to say. Obviously, George Gross will actually face Callum Smith, and it's going to happen in the late summer. That's all the news. Yeah, that's supposed to be late August slash September. Um, it, of course, was the right thing to do, really, wasn't it, Iaz? I don't think that anybody was happy that there was a possibility that Chris Eubank Jr. could have even, you know, shoehorned his way into the final. That would have been unbelievable. It would have really been quite distasteful, and it would have been a real bad way and a really anticlimactic way to end what has been a very, very good tournament. Um yeah, so we're happy at the end of the day, aren't we, really, Ayers, that that fight's going ahead. It'll be much more interesting, I feel, and um, I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, yes, I'm definitely looking forward to that fight, and I, I actually can't wait for that fight. We will talk about it more close to the time. Um, that's it for the news, then. So let's move over now to tomorrow night. This will be Friday, the 1st of June. One fight to mention at the Melbourne Pavilion in Flemington, Victoria, Australia. Um, a guy on this bill, Blake Caparello, that's a man that, of course, put Sergei Kovalev down once upon a time, but then ended up getting stopped. So, yeah, former opponent of Kovalev, Blake Caparello, 26-3 and three with one draw. He takes on Trent Broadhurst, 20-2. and two. That's the guy that got knocked out in the first round against Dimitri Bivol in Monaco on one of Eddie Hearn's shows. So, two former opponents of current um, world title holders at light heavyweight. They're facing off over 10 rounds. Trent Broadhurst, his record 20-2. and two. Should be quite a good fight, that one, by the way. Moving over now to Hungary, though. Um, Prince Patel, 14-0 and 0 with one draw. He's in a six-rounder against Jabba Memimishishi. Memimishishi. That's how he's said, I think. His record, 7-5. and five. His name's Jabba. I doubt he'll be landing any jabs, to be completely honest. Prince Patel probably going to win that one quite easily, just building his record up in Hungary. Christoph Waladzic, he, of course, exited the Cruiserweight World Boxing Super Series tournament when he got stopped early in, I think it was the semi-final now. Um, I could be wrong, it might have been the quarter-final. He's in a 10-round contest against Olan Rawaju Duradola, who's 27-5. and five. I'm expecting Waladzic to do a job here. And I think I'm probably saying his name really wrong, but it is what it is. That's a 10-rounder there. His record, 54-4 and four with one draw. And actually, I almost forgot. Moving over now to Wednesday, the 6th of June, 2018. This is actually next Wednesday, of course. By the time the show goes out, it'll be, you know, it'll be on Thursday. So that fight would have finished. So we will talk about that 
bill on the reviewing part of next week's show. But we're going to start with the main event here. Lawrence Ocoli, 8-0 with six knockouts, takes on Luke the Duke Watkins, a man that was on our show a couple weeks back, 13-0. It's for the Commonwealth um, Cruiserweight title, which belongs to Watkins, and the WBA Continental Cruiserweight title, which belongs to Lawrence Ocoli. This fight, of course, will be a 12-round contest. We haven't had a chance to put a poll up on Twitter just yet, but after this show goes out, I'm going to put a poll up, or maybe maybe before the show goes out, actually, in a moment, I'm going to put the poll up on Twitter, and by next week's show, when we're reviewing it, we will have the, uh, you know, the poll results, and we can work out, we're going to make sure that the, you know, that the the voting doesn't go on all the way to the fight, so people can be uh, cheating, we're going to make sure it's only a poll that lasts for about two or three days, and um, yeah, we're going to get all of your votes, and we will see where we go with that, so a brilliant fight there, Luke the Duke Watkins, eyes against Lawrence Okola, we're going to have to go to the predictions early on this one, though. It's, we're going to, we're going to, of course, gather the listeners' opinion afterwards. But what is our opinion here, or, or mine and yours? We don't do it together, of course. Lawrence Okoli and Luke the Duke Watkins. How do we see this fight playing out? I think, I think it's a very good fight. Obviously, uh, we knew we see we know Luke the Duke Watkins uh, getting trained by Paddy Fitzpatrick. Obviously, I think it's a very good fight. But if I'm going to go with a win, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Lawrence Okoli on points. Lawrence Ocoli on points. Right, I'm going to go with... I'm going to... Oh, it's, it's, it's tough. It's so tough because it's a fight where... I think Luke Watkins is a slow starter, even though he said that he's not. And I like Luke the Duke Watkins. Just for the record, I do want to say I want him to win. He's been on the show. He's a friend of the show. I want Luke the Duke to win the fight. But he is the underdog. I I have to side with Ocoli. And purely because you're going with Akoli on points, which I, I think probably will happen, I'm going to go with Akoli for the stoppage. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I'd like Luke the Duke to win that fight, to be honest. I've got nothing against Akoli. I'm a big fan of his as well. Certainly after beating Isaac Chamberlain, um, he's he's really gone up in my estimations, to be honest. So I really like him, and I just hope it's a brilliant fight. What a brilliant, brilliant card to bring to York Hall, by the way. Um... On the undercard, Reese Bellotti, 12-0, takes on Ryan Doyle, 16-2. This one's for the Commonwealth featherweight title. Ryan Doyle also has a draw, by the way. Um, Ayaz, let's go to the predictions on this as well. Um, Bellotti against Doyle. How do you see that fight playing out? Of course, Bellotti, the big favourite. I'm going to go with Bellotti by knockout. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with that as well. A lot of people think that fight's going to be quite close. Some of those guys that are deeply involved in boxing, they believe it's going to be like fight of the year contender, I've heard from one or two people. I'm not quite sure. I may look a complete idiot next week, though. Um, I'm expecting Reese Bellotti to, to win that quite well. Also on the bill, a brilliant fight for the WBA International Super Welterweight title. The champion, Ted Cheeseman, 13-0. and He takes on Paulie Upton, 15-0. and That's a 10-rounder there. What? What a brilliant, brilliant fight that is. A real 50-50. Also, Danny R. Yelusinov comes to York Hall, the Olympic gold medalist, a man that has got wins over people like Josh Kelly and others. Um, his record, of course, 1-0. and He's in his second pro contest. It's a six-round contest. His opponent yet to be announced. Felix Cash, 8-0. and He's on the bill as well. Craig Richards, 11-1. and Sean McGoldrick, 5-0. and Danny Dignam, 5-0. and And Louis Lynn, 1-0. and All those guys there, all fighting on the bill. All their opponents at this stage are yet to be announced. But it does look like it's going to be quite a good card. It's on a Wednesday night, so it may be a little bit... Um, 
it may be a little bit inconvenient for some, but for me, I will be watching that one. And of course, like I say, on the Thursday when we bring you uh, next week's podcast, we will be reviewing this card pretty much straight away. So it'll be the first thing that we talk about. But that's really it for the previewing. We've tried to go through everything today very quick. Uh, we've done the reviewing. We brought you the first guest. We brought you the news. We've just done the previewing. And the final thing, just before we wrap up part two and end the show ultimately, is to welcome our second and final guest. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the former WBC world title challenger, Mr. Gavin McDonald. Gavin, welcome to the show. It's always my pleasure, my friend. So, Gavin, of course, you're freshly back home from Japan. Heartbreak for your twin brother, Jamie, losing his world title in the first round to Inoue. Um, what was it all like, really, from your perspective? Sorry to kind of start on a downer, so to speak. <laughs> We're back now, do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, uh, it's, it, it took a gamble um, going to Japan. It's no easy, do you know what I mean? No easy task at best of times. And he wanted one last challenge. Um, and he went over there to, to try and take a, a pound for pound um, item, do you know what I mean, and, and, and take that spot. Um, and I think it was just, just that one fight too many, I think. Um, he looked and felt a million dollars. And um, obviously, it didn't, it didn't turn out the way we wanted. And, and it, just, it just got took out in first round, do you know what I mean? Um, it's a shame, really, because we know, we know deep down it's not. Jamie McDonald at his best, um, and and do you know what I mean? It's one of them. They'll move up a weight, maybe two weights, and um, campaign to to become a two weight, two weight world champion. And I want to ask you this because I remember speaking to Jamie a few weeks before the fight, and um, he said that it was actually you who said to him, like, he's he's bloody good, this Inoue, bruv, he's really good. Yeah. And um, he, he, at that point, hadn't really heard of him. Were you shocked at all by by his performance, or was it like, I don't want to say we expected that, of course we didn't, but were you shocked by Inoue, or did the fight not really last long enough to, to really see the best of both guys? I mean, I knew it was good. Um, I know this kid was good. But I also know how good my brother is, and... Um, I mean, I don't really. I'm, we're not ones about beating around, uh, you know what I mean, and, and, and saying this and that about excuses and whatnot. Um, the best J- Jamie McDonald would have given him a hell of a fight, and, it, and, and one million percent would never have got stopped. Um, do you know what I mean? Uh, he, he took the risk, he went over there, he took the risk, and, and it happened, do you know what I mean? He, he got beat and got stopped, um, do you know what I mean, by a good. Very good champion. Yeah. One of those sort of things. He, he he took the risk, went there, uh, took the risk, um, and, and got beat. And all that matters is is, is he safe and well. Do you know what I mean? Uh, boxing's about taking risks. Them all don't take risks. Never, never achieve. Do you know what I mean? Um, and, and and we take risks. Do you know what I mean? Take the risk. We big risk comes reward and. Obviously, this time round, he took the risk, and, and there were no rewards there. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I'm still proud of him. Do you know what I mean? Um, I think there's a lot of people aware, and um, I can see him being a a, a, a middle uh, force up at, at super bantamweight, maybe maybe even featherweight, uh, depending what options uh, come his way. Um, I think you'll see a lot better, Jamie McDonald, than you have 
but it lasts uh, 18 months, a lot stronger. I think in making that weight, just sort of took a little bit, bit of shine from him. Um, you know what I mean? I'm glad he's, I'm, I'm glad he's moving up um, in weight. You know what I mean? And and I think he's still got big fights left in him um, and big performances and big nights. And just hopefully he can get the fights and get them nailed. And obviously the emotion hit Jamie as soon as the fight had ended. It was it was very sad, actually, to see how upset he truly was. Um, you know, you said you're proud of him. I'm very proud of him. I'm sure the rest of the UK fans, and they have, they have been. They've been sending many tweets over over yeah. over all, all platforms of social media, really. He, he definitely, um, you know, gave it his all. He now, like you said, undoubtedly needs to and will move up in weight. Um, yeah. I didn't know that there was a possibility that he could go up as far as Feather. I thought it was probably going to be Super Bantam, but of course you know more than me. Is it looking like... I mean, where would he be best at, in your opinion? It, it depends what options... Well, it depends what fights get put to him. I mean, he'd fight anyway. I mean, like a lot of fighters would. Um, depends what fights are, um, what motivates him. Um, he, he can... Our kid... A lot, like a lot of fighters at that at that level, a few pound here and there at, at a weight. Do you know what I mean? It's, you, weight, weight don't win fights. You know I mean, your ability doesn't. As long as you're strong at the weight, um, you can you can obviously campaign and the, the, the fights are there um, and get and get presented to him. I'm sure he'd take him. So either I mean, super bantamweight or or featherweight, depending which what comes and what options. Uh, they are. I mean, I know. I know he's eager um, to, to to become two weight world champion. Um, do you know what I mean? So he's just just one of them. Just he's just still a, still fresh off at loss. I mean, he'll have a, a few weeks to enjoy himself. Because I mean, he put his sent through 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 hell in training camp. There, people don't see what was off. Um, and I mean, he, he he nailed everything. I mean, in in the training and in the diet, everything. Couldn't have asked no more of him. He 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 looked and felt a million dollars up until obviously he, he, weighing day. Um, he looked and felt a million dollars, and he just wanted them fight too many. So um, I'm sure going up in weight, you'll see a um, a different animal. Um, do you know what I mean? And he, and he's in good spirits as well about it. Like he always talking and that he he really wants to make a statement. And, and do you know what I mean? He's still there's still life in the old dog to say. Yeah, he's. Um, I mean, there's so many amazing fights, particularly at featherweight, for him down the line. So, yeah, all the yeah. best to him. And of course, talking about yourself now, you're involved in a big fight um, in a couple of weeks' time, an all British affair. You will take on the former world champion Stuart Hall on June 16th. You'll be defending your WBC international title. Back to back hard fights for you now, both. Of those fights have been British battles. Exactly what the fans like to see, Gavin. You're providing that. Yeah, this is what I want, mate. Um, these, you know what I mean? This, this, this is what what a lot of fighters want, not just myself. But this is what we want. You know what I mean? We want to be active. We want to be in big fights, relevant fights. Uh, fights will get people talking. Fights where there's risk. Do you know what I mean? Um, there's, there's, I mean, there's no needle with me in street, but there's he wants that revenge. I've got a point to prove. Um, do you know what I mean? He, he, the fight makes sense. Um, do you know what I mean? I'm going to go toe to toe, and I just can't wait. Do you know what I mean? I'm just, I've got a bit of momentum with me now. 
after my world title loss. I did have a bit of heartache, a bit of a down of a year. Um, and now it seems to have picked back up. I've really got the bit between my teeth. And um, these are the fights what I want. Um, do you know what I mean? We were in a heartbeat. Name got mentioned. Yeah, no problem. Uh, these are fights, especially all domestic fights. That little bit more um, point to prove. Do you know what I mean, we don't, nobody wants to be beat by a, a by a fighter, full stop, but by a British fighter. Um, do you know what I mean? So it makes for a great fight. Um, I'm just looking forward to it. Do you know what I mean? And Newcastle have not have not kicked that box yet as a team back to kick to. Plenty of arenas around, I mean, and the big shows, but not Newcastle. So I'm glad to be part of, I think, one of the first big shows there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, play my part and and, and give the the Newcastle fans, um, do you know I mean, a great night of boxing because I know that it's been coming for a long time. They've got uh, Ritson and Kelly now where they can they can lead way, and then when we have a couple of good fights on on the card. Um, myself included my fight I mean it just just makes for a, a great night uh, up Newcastle which a lot of a lot of people like Newcastle to go out party you know whatever they do do you know what I mean so throw a night of boxing in and, and everybody's happy I say everybody will be happy everybody will be happy now what do we know about Stuart Hall obviously you know he, he lost to your brother about I think it was almost seven years back now in what was a pretty close fight on the scorecards at the time he's also coming to the end of his career so to speak but he's still as tough as now in my opinion this fight will be I think it will definitely go 12 rounds and I think like you say there'll be parts in it where you'll be standing toe to toe but I think it, it could potentially be quite a grueling fight for both I think it'll be a good fight. Um, I mean, I don't want it to, to, to go 12. You know I mean, I'm, I, I want to I make a point. You know I mean, there's a statement, but Stewie's sure there. You know I mean, he's game. Um, you know I mean, he's proven. You know I mean, so it will be a tough passport. Don't get me wrong, I'll be trying. Same as he'll be trying with me. Um, you know what I mean, to knock me out. So I think that's what makes for a good fight. Um, I don't look at numbers or statistics or whatever. You know I mean, he's one of them. He's, He's a fight. He's a dangerous fighter. Um, I'm coming off back of my my win against a young young hungry champion in your fight. Um, I think you've got a you've got to favour me. Um, do you know what I mean? Going into the fight with a bit between my teeth, point to prove I've got um, to pull to pull team back back on track. Now we're a good win, and uh, that's what I'm going to do. And the most recent kind of big news, I suppose, in the Super Bantamweight division, Isaac Dogbo has become the newest champion. He was able to beat Jesse Magdaleno. You've still got uh, the WBC's Ray Vargas, your former foe. The IBF champion is, I think I'm, I may I may say this name wrong, but Ryosuke Iwasa, I think it's said. He would appear yeah. to be the most beatable of the champions. Now, I know that the plan with you was to try and get another world title shot by the end of 2018. Yeah. Are things still running it you know, running that way, are things still moving smoothly? Yeah, um and any uh, any world champion, um, you know what I mean? I think the last world title fight, like looking back now, might have come just slightly too soon. I'm a different fighter now, do you know what I mean? Mentally, physically. Um I, I generally believe on me day I can beat beat any of them champions. And uh, whoever whoever they can Whoever wants, do you know what I mean? Whoever they can get, 
I'll happily take, if not, I'll, I'll work my, my way into a mandatory position. I'm not too far off with a couple of governing bodies. Um, but the new, that new champion, the WBL, I mean, they're all, they're all good fighters and whatnot, but um, he looks, he's got a decent record and, and obviously he just, he just stopped Magdaleno, didn't he? The yeah, 10 yeah, round. yeah. Um, that'd be, oh, that'd be an interesting fight. I'd love that fight. Oh, like I say, any any of the world champions. Um, but yeah, it, it's one of them, like I'll take, I'll take any fight. Um, as long as it, 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 it's meaningful and relevant for my career, um, do you know what I mean? I'll, I'll take the big fights. As long as the big fights on big shows pushing me towards that world title. I know in boxing it, it'll come. If you work hard enough at something, it'll come. And um, my job is just, just to train and win. And um, and that's what I'll do, do you know what I mean? And then my chance won't come. And when it comes, I'm going to take it with both hands this time. Um, not that I did it first fight, do you know what I mean? I did everything possibly what I could and um, just fell that, that, that bit short. But this but next time round, uh, believe me, I'm gonna I'm gonna come and grab that world title. God willing, my friend, God willing. And the final question I've got for you, really, it's almost four weeks ago now. I just don't know where the time's gone, but Tony Bell, you managed to do the double over David Hay. Um, your trainer, Dave Caldwell, he believes that Bell, you should probably walk away now. Um, what's your thoughts on that? I know it's kind of a hard and tricky question, but do you believe things can get even better for Bell, or is this a great time to hang the gloves up? Um. I'm happy with him either way, do you know what I mean? If, if, if he feels as though he... There's, there's still big fights there, Tony. Do I mean, like, there's monster fights there. And I know what he's like, do you know what I mean? You don't have to mention certain fights. And he, he, does, he, does, he does like it, do you know what I mean? He's still passion there. So it wouldn't surprise me if, if, if he had another fight. But if he wants to retire, I mean, there's, there's some way to go out there against uh, David A. Uh, do you know what I mean? Like, uh, Tony... He, I mean, I'm not the biggest, like, of fans, as in, like, I don't follow people. But with Tony, he's one of them fighters, like, up there with most memorable nights in boxing, probably in my top ten of all my fights, our kids' fights. A couple of them are Tony's fights. He's given me a couple of nights that I'll never forget. And, I mean, he's one of them, like, wherever he goes out and he's, I mean, with, with that win against David A, or it takes another big fight. I mean, I'll be happy for him. Um, but thinking what it is, I think he might still have another fight in him. Um, do you know what I mean? I think he might have another one. Because uh, you work all your life to get to, the, to, to to this stage where you are now, and then the fight today, you might just think one more. So, who knows? Do you know what I mean? I have spoken to him personally. He's had his fight, and then we've been busy training, and and um, obviously brother, we've been away with my brother. So I've not I've not spoken to Tony, uh, so I don't really I, I ain't got no in, inside information, <laughs> so to say. Do you know what I mean? But um, he's you know what I mean. No doubt, if he has a, another fight, he'll pull that one out of the bag as well. So I think he's on a roll. Do you know what I mean? The gravy train's still going. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and getting better and better. So who's to say? Do you know what I mean? Retire, not retire. Uh, while it's while it's doing, you know what I mean. Momentum's there, and we might just do do another fight. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, the world's his oyster at this point. We should also mention yeah. that it was two years ago today that he picked up the WBC cruiserweight title. So, yeah, extra, yeah. extra um, shout out there yeah. to Tony Bellew. That was, that, that was one of my nights, one of my favourite ever nights. You know what I mean? In, in, it was brilliant. In boxing, like, honestly, like, the emotion and, and, and everything uh, that night is up there. Like, we, we are more, you know what I mean? And when I see, when I watch it back and Finally, Gavin, I just want to really give you an opportunity to say anything you like at all before we let you go. Just um, thanks for the support for, for, for myself and obviously my, my brother, for those who, who are uh, behind us, you know what I mean, and, and supportive of us. Uh, you know I mean? Can't thank you enough uh, for the fans. You know I mean? we're, just, we're just there to, to, to give the fans a good fight and, and that's what we'll do. And also all my sponsors, people who back me, help me along the way. Do you know what I mean anybody, and especially my wife at home. Do you know what I mean she, she's been on me. She's heavily pregnant. My wife and she's been doing all my tickets and bits and bobs while I've been away. And do you know what I mean so big shout out to my wife. Oh, excellent, man! Excellent. Congratulations. I didn't know. Is it? Do you know at this stage if it's a boy or girl? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little boy, and it, the name's it has been for a while. It's, it's baby Lennox. Lennox. Um, Listen, Gavin, thank you so much for your time. As always, it's been my pleasure. Best of luck for June 16th, and we'll catch up sometime after, I'm sure. Thank you, mate. No problem. Anytime. Okay, and this wraps up episode 137 of the Box Hard Podcast. I've been your host, Joey Coastman. I as Sumra has been I as Sumra. The two guests have been Anthony Yard and Gavin McDonnell. A big thank you to those two for taking part in this week's show. The Prediction League currently stands at myself on 37 points, you, the listeners, on 41 points, and I as has raked it back. He's on 41 points also. Remember to head over to our Twitter page and vote for the Akoli versus his Watkins fight and also the Reese Bellotti fight as well. Both polls are now on the Twitter page. I'd like to sincerely thank you all for listening this week. It's always a pleasure. I wish everybody a great weekend and we hope to see you all back next week.